welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a show all about exploring everything mysterious, unexplained, and weird in the world. Today on the show, we're going to continue our series on CERN conspiracy theories. Remember, none of these are fact, but they're all interesting and valid, so don't get paranoid. This episode is brought to you by Mr. Wigglesworth. If you would like to join us about future episodes of the show and direct where the content goes, consider becoming a supporter. In any case, let's just hop right into it, shall we? I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. This is, this is the way. This is the way. These, these entities, they would congregate. All right, so I've covered an overview of CERN conspiracy theories, as well as biblical prophecies, specifically with the Nephilim and, um, you know, Nimrod, all that good stuff. And the Large Hadron Collider being a tool to open doorways to other spiritual dimensions. But I didn't really go into detail about some of the things that I really find interesting concerning these conspiracies. For example, the idea that the Collider is changing our timeline. I remember back in the early 2010s, um, I heard it being talked about before that, but that was when I really started to notice that a lot of normies were talking about it the end of the world on the Mayan calendar, the prophecy that was going to happen in 2012. Well, there are many Mayan calendars and many destructions of the Earth already. But what did happen in 2012 was the destruction of our way of life and how we viewed the world before, at least according to some people. In a lot of ways, 2012 was the end of their world and the point in time where everything seemingly started to go sideways or just not feel right. So was uh, the Mayan prophecy fulfilled back in 2012 when CERN turned on the collider? From this point of view, I think what happened is an end to the old cycle. And I think humanity as a whole is experiencing the end of an old cycle, not just the Earth itself, but each of us in our individual realities. Not to be too woo-woo or anything like that, but I mean, we are entering the age of Aquarius, right? But I do think that humanity as a whole is entering a threshold to a new way of being, or entering a new paradigm as a whole, essentially. CERN probably isn't the reason for this. I'm not trying to say that, but going along with our CERN conspiracies, the Large Hadron Collider may have permanently altered this reality and our timeline as we know it. The Collider is also said to have blinked things out of existence and back as well. Such as the Russian claim that in 2009, an Iberworld Airbus straight up vanished from the sky and radar. It was carrying 170 passengers and was traveling over Bolivia when all of a sudden, poof, it was gone. Allegedly, the plane did return, though, just 500, 5,000 miles off course over the Canary Islands. 
Before the plane vanished, uh, the Large Hadron Collider had actually been shut down for a bit and had been under maintenance. And during this time that the plane did vanish, it was being turned back on. It was being started back up again, which allegedly caused a quote-unquote time warp, which somehow made the plane vanish. And in an interesting coincidence, a malfunction actually did happen at uh, the moment that the plane vanished off radar. And this incident is called the Quench Incident, when liquid helium vented into the collider's tunnel and damaged 53 superconducting magnets. This goes back to the whole time traveler sabotage theory, and the malfunction caused the Large Hadron Collider's machine coordinator, Dr. Mike Lamond, to shut everything down because a rogue bird had dropped a baguette into the machine. <laughs> you heard that right. Causing the magnets to go nuts and the collider to heat up to go to insane degrees. As the story goes, there's a time traveler that came back to save the day. Because in the future, the collider had somehow opened a portal that would have horrific consequences for the future of humanity. The time wave went through the Earth itself and set off a series of events that would be catastrophic. The wave messed with the Earth's very magnetic field and passed through the gate of the sun, which is said to be one of the megalithic dimensional doorways I mentioned in the last episode on CERN. Since the plane was going over Bolivia and... You know, which is the location of the Gate of the Sun. A space-time warping wave went through the gate, then into the plane, making it vanish from this space-time continuum, but only temporarily. And this time-traveling stuff brings me to Eloy Cole, the time-traveling saboteur. Eloy Cole is the man that allegedly sabotaged the collider with the time-traveling bird drop in the baguette to save the world from destruction. He was actually arrested on February 8th, 2012, outside the facility. Cole was arrested going through the bins at the facility, trying to stop Mountain Dew from being restocked in the vending machines. He told the security guards that he was looking for fuel for his time machine power unit, which looked like a blender. The man refused to say where he was from, stating that countries didn't exist in the future where he came from, and that the god particle created a communist chocolate hellhole where there is limitless power and poverty is completely eliminated. So the guy may have been kind of off of his rocker, or a practical joke, or from some bizarre timeline. It's just, it's just, there's just, it's a pretty weird future timeline, to say the least. Uh, in any case, though, he claimed he was there to stop his timeline from happening. And everyone thinking that this guy was pretty mentally ill, they send him to a mental facility in Switzerland. But Cole shortly thereafter vanished from his cell. And if you really think about it, it kind of seems like this guy was trolling. But this is some bizarre stuff because he actually, when he vanished from his cell, he just vanished basically into thin air. And he was never found again. Nobody's ever seen him since. I guess he could have been suicided by the Illuminati or something. But the staff officially stated that he pretty much just vanished from his cell into thin air. However, as expected, the shill media back then just said it was all an April Fool's joke, even though the disappearance of Cole was unexplainable. But it doesn't matter if it was real or not, because Eloy Cole and his time-traveling saboteur story would only live on and cascade into a bunch of different conspiracy theories. People adopted his name and made YouTube channels. 
and a band even named themselves after him. So if it was a prank, it kind of backfired on CERN or whatever because they hate all the conspiracy theory stuff surrounding them. And if it was some kind of practical joke that they were doing, big backfire. Or it could just have been somebody trolling. Um, but still, a lot of people do buy into this Eloy Cole tale. And time-traveling theories would pretty much haunt CERN for their entire existence. This time-traveling stuff wasn't new to the facility. Even in 2012, a year prior, Japanese physicist Masao Ninomiya and Danish string theory pioneer Holger Bech Nielsen both said that it was possible something weird went down with the collider and that the god particle was abhorrent and could cause a ripple in time. An interesting coincidence is the name Eloy. is the one used for future humans in a utopian society, but are secretly food for the abhuman Morlocks in the future world of the famous book, The Time Machine, which I really liked when I was younger. And it was, um, it was made into an okay movie, maybe like a decade or two ago. I don't really remember. It's got Guy something in it. I worked at Hollywood Video at the time, and it, I kind of liked the actor because she was in the, the Count of Monte Cristo. He was the bad guy. Anyway, let's talk about John Titor, time traveler. He got a lot of attention from his writings back in 2000 and 2001 and claimed to be from the year 2036. I think we all know of the legendary Art Bell and his show Coast to Coast. The only other show ever on his level, in my opinion, is Mysterious Universe, which is actually one of the main inspirations for Cryptic Chronicles. I love Benjamin Grundy. But the forum that this time traveler was posting on was Art Bell's website called Post to Post, unironically. John claimed to be from the military and predicted a whole bunch of coming disasters. This unhinged destruction includes nuclear war and essentially destruction of all world powers as we know it. John originally used the name Time Traveler Zero on the forums and only later started calling himself John Titor. The original post consisted of a six-part expose on how a time machine would actually work and all that kind of good stuff. The poster was actually forced to change his name to a normal name because of the rules on Art Bell's new forum. And that's when he started posting as John Titor back in January 2001. All the posts from this person ended in March 2001. So it really didn't go on that long. But damn, it left one hell of an impact. People became kind of obsessed with these alleged time traveler posts for a while. The whole coast to coast community that used Art Bell's forums were totally into it. And around 2003, they went out of their way to compile the posts into a cohesive narrative and even had a story of it on air on Coast to Coast. As the story goes, Titor was a soldier who was sent back in time to the year 1975 and bring back an old school IBM computer of a very specific design and model. This was all allegedly a government time travel project originating from the year 2036. And the reason why he was selected over any other soldier stationed in his Florida base is because his family, or I should say a specific family member, his grandfather, actually designed the computer that he needed for the future. Apparently in the future, they need one of these old IBM computers because everything was destroyed in a civil war. And all they had on hand were legacy computers related to the IBM because um, 
a future technology is easily wiped out by as of yet created or released military technology. But the old legacy computers still work fine. And this computer was specifically needed to debug some issues they were having with the unfamiliar older tech. When the poster was questioned about this narrative, the response was John to give the forum unknown to the public information about the computer, which made many assume that if the story, if all of it was a hoax, then the person behind it had to be like a computer scientist or something. Titor would then go on to explain that the only reason he stopped in the 2000s between his time travel jumps was actually for personal reasons. Everything was basically destroyed in the coming civil war across America, and he wanted some pictures and personal heirlooms and stuff like that for sentimental reasons. Titor also claimed to have been warning anyone who would heed his warnings about the coming civil war that would result in the nuclear destruction of the country as we know it. He also warned about Kresuswald Jacob disease, that was in beef products that corporations were hiding from the public and that people should scrutinize a lot of the food commonly found throughout America as as well as our, I think we already know this, like our water products. My entire generation is 30% like uh, unfertile compared to past generations, specifically from all the microplastics and everything. So whether this is true or not, he did have a point. Everything is poison. The mysterious poster also gave specific designs about his time machine, though they later changed somewhat in the accounts, but it was basically like a vehicle, like in the movie Back to the Future. John Tidor also had some interesting things to say about UFOs, like that even in his time in the future, they were still unexplained and real information suppressed by governments even though more people were aware of them openly. John Tidor probably would have loved all of the UFO stuff going right now in our point in history, that the establishment still tiptoes around like we're stupid. But he also suggests the possibility that the beings within the UFOs were not aliens at all, but actually humans time-traveling as well, but just from a far further point in the future, most likely much, much farther in the future coming back to us like a form of history lessons or, you know, archaeology. If you can go back in time, that's probably way more accurate than any of the forms of archaeology we got today, obviously. But what's interesting is that Titor said that his timeline and ours were actually very different. So it's not like his future is guaranteed as ours. Explaining the quantum mechanics, the many worlds theory, basically as the main explanation, and that even though his timeline was different than ours, It wasn't too drastically different. And it's always better to go back to timelines that are similar to your own for many reasons. And that's why he came here in the first place for that very reason. But he says, even though if that's the case, everyone should still heed his warnings anyway, because if we can avoid a hellscape, we should probably avoid a hellscape. Right? John Teeter said that it was the experiments at CERN that would eventually discover time travel. And that in many timelines, Things with CERN can go differently. But in our timeline and timelines similar to ours, the CERN stuff kind of mostly plays out the same way. Quote, The breakthrough that will allow for this technology will occur within a year or so when CERN brings their larger facility online. End quote. January 31st, 2001. 
John Titor. John said that CERN would go on to create micro-singularities, and that they'd figure out a way to use these singularities to open portals to other dimensions, timelines, and essentially travel back and forth through these infinite timelines. He warned of the discovery of a special type of atom that many would associate with the god particle discovered later by the Large Hadron Collider at CERN. And it was this discovery that could basically either enlighten humanity when it's delved deeper into, or it could just blow all our brains up and make us go crazy, or just destroy everything altogether. And the mainstream obviously has jumped through hoops backward to discredit the whole John Titor narrative, and yeah, it is pretty bizarre. But he did make some interesting predictions and had some interesting things to say about CERN and the Large Hadron Collider, and some of his predictions did come true. Though we didn't have the, you know, the names in the earlier prediction. Or just stuff is kind of slightly off. But like you said, that kind of goes, it's weird because um, no matter what take you have on it, it still kind of goes along with John Titor and what he was saying. He's like, it's always going to be different, even if it's similar. And some are going to be so different that I can't even tell you what it is. Other stuff is going to be so similar, I don't even have to change what I'm saying. So, you know. And it's also interesting to people because John Titor did disappear after 2001. And if he was, especially with how famous he got and how big of a deal he became, you'd think that if he was a real person, he would be coming back to milk that. This person never did come back to milk it. So whether you think John Titor was real or not, still left an interesting and profound influence on CERN conspiracy theories. One thing you can invest in that does not lose value is gold and silver. There is no better place to go for financial security than GoldCo. Rated A plus by the Better Business Bureau. Get the free 2023 Gold IRA kit Americans are using to protect their retirement savings. Get your free 2023 Gold IRA kit at goldcogoldkit.com. GoldCo is a leader in the precious metals industry. From Precious Metals IRA to direct purchases of precious metal coins and bars, we partner with individuals seeking to diversify and safely grow their retirement portfolios. Allow Gold Co. to make your gold and silver investments easy, seamless, and secure. Our investment is in good hands. Chuck Norris, what? Oh, I'm recording. $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Did someone say $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Amuse delivers over 500 high-quality cannabis products from the Bay Area brands you love at everyday low prices. You can also rest assured that everything will be up to your high standards. So what are you waiting for? Start shopping now at Amuse.com. Use promo code PODCAST to save 30 bucks off your next order. That's A-M-U-S-E dot com. Is your brain always hungry? Do you have a mental appetite that often goes unsated? You may be suffering from hungry brain syndrome, a debilitating and sometimes life-threatening condition experienced by humans who require double, sometimes even quadruple, the amount of mental nutrition needed to sustain the general population. But now there's help. For years, our dedicated team of world-class researchers have been developing a thicker, more nutrient-dense podcast specifically for sufferers of hungry brain syndrome. 
And now we want to share it with you. All you have to do is search for our podcast, The Whole Rabbit, in your podcast player of choice and select from one of our delicious flavors like Slovenian succubi, Gnosticism, or Ancient Egypt. It's no wonder The Whole Rabbit is the most recommended treatment for hungry brain syndrome on the market. So what are you waiting for? Try The Whole Rabbit today. Do not listen while deep sea diving. Side effects may include eating carrots and shooting lasers. In any case, one thing is for sure. Nothing is stopping the Hadron Collider experiments anytime soon. Particle physics studies are going forward no matter what anyone says or does. Remember, these people are immune to lawsuits and are pretty much untouchable, can do whatever they want. In 2019, CERN officials revealed their plan for a new collider that makes the old one look tiny, spanning a mind-boggling 62 miles that will cost 10 billion taxpayer dollars to build. If anything, CERN is increasing its power being put out into particle collider technology. But the physicists involved say that the probability of an artificial black hole destroying the planet is very low, so we should be fine. Right? I mean, they said so, so why should we worry about it? These potential risks have actually never been communicated honestly to the general public. Walter Wagner, a former nuclear safety officer, even sued CERN, saying they'd recreate the Big Bang and destroy Earth, if not the solar system. But the case was thrown out as expected, considering all the stuff I've already said about how they exist outside the law and have a license to experiment and do whatever they want. Physicists want this increase in power to explore more subtle dimensions and utilize them for quantum computing and even quantum teleportation. A good way to explain quantum entanglement and how this stuff kind of works is to imagine a world written on a piece of paper with two stick figures alive inside or living on the paper in their own little two-dimensional universe. Well, what happens if someone like us in a third dimension universe puts their finger in front of the stick figure entities? What if we stick our finger into their universe? The stick figure entities in the 2D universe would not see the finger attached to the hand, attached to the arm, attached to the body. They'd see a bizarre sphere, a flat, a flat sphere. And if you put two fingers on their universe, they're just going to see two spheres and so on and so forth. The people living in Flatland have no way of comprehending the body attached to the sphere in their reality based off of how that they view their reality and how 3D reality functions outside of their comprehension. Interesting, right? Well, our 3D reality is just one of many realities and dimensions above it, in higher dimensions like the fourth dimension. This example in Flatland can be applied to us in 3D from a fourth dimensional view. Like the stick figure entities can't perceive the hand, we can't perceive the particles continuing into the fourth dimension, and um, so on and so forth. Entangled particles are actually just three-dimensional slices of a single higher-dimensional object. So we would have two slices of the same object receiving information in the same instant. We cannot imagine the higher-dimensional structure but this quantum computing 
these physicists at CERN, they say, can help humans to understand these higher dimensions and quantum entanglement as a whole. The only problem with all that is that since we can't see higher dimensions accurately, there's no way to tell what the consequences could be with messing around with all this kind of stuff or just what might be on the other side waiting for us. I guess we'll find out though, won't we? But yeah, we all know it's Cthulhu. But because CERN is inevitably going to double down on all this stuff, this discovery may not actually even be as far away as we think. And we might soon have a whole planet run by quantum computers, the way things are going. And then there's dark matter, dark energy, and antimatter on top of all that. Dark matter is actually just a term to describe something that we don't really understand yet. It's used for gravitational anomalies in the universe. This is because the amount of matter that we've so far estimated, I guess, um, it doesn't add up to the gravitational effects. And this actually includes our own, our own solar system has these gravitational anomalies. Like mathematically, we should actually have another planet in our solar system. But it, there's nothing there, right? Utilizing the scientific method, the only explanation is that there is invisible matter out there influencing gravity. Hence the term dark matter. And on top of that, with dark energy, a whopping 95.1% of the universe is invisible and completely unknown to science. We only live in... The universe only has like 4.9% normal matter, like our 3D reality. So our entire universe, when you look into the stars, or in the world around you, for that matter, is just 4.9% of a whole. Which is mind-boggling because it astonishes me every time I think about it. And it just kind of reminds me how much we don't know about anything. And um, I've been kind of thinking about this kind of stuff for years, and it always messes with me when I try to think kind of philosophically, like too depth in depth about it. The reality of the matter is, is that 95% of the universe is a complete mystery concerning its makeup. Concerning gravity, it's there. We just can't observe it directly. And knowing this, this opens up the idea of tons of spatial dimensions and dark matter that would most likely blow our puny human minds like an eldritch abomination from a Lovecraftian horror story. Gravity intersects dimensions and travels through them. Quantum physics states it is vibration in the gravitational field that cascades and intersects differently depending on the dimensional level or vibration. These spatial dimensions are theorized to be small, large, or even to some physicists, like Lisa Randall, who say they can be infinite. As Thomas Horne says, if there was an object of more than three spatial dimensions affecting our universe, we would not be able to see it but we could detect its gravitational effects. This is what's theorized to be going down with dark matter. And even more mind-boggling, three-dimensional existence like ours could just be slices of higher-dimensional objects, which is why so much is unseen. It is all just a sliver of higher-dimensional things pushing down through graviton particles. Like I said earlier about the two-dimensional entities living in Flatland, 
they only see spheres when an object from the third dimension pushes into their dimension because it is just a sliver of what is truly from a higher dimension, only being perceived through the limitations of the dimension below it. So looking at it from this perspective, literally all matter in our 3D reality could only be slivers of what's pushing down from above. Get it? This like kind of mind fucks me. So that means that even us ourselves, individual human beings, are not accurate representations of what we truly are. Yeah. Two-dimensional planes and one-dimensional planes actually exist, and they are dimensions below us. Entities that dwell there would exist in a way so bizarre and alien to us, like we can't even really think about it or comprehend it. So this makes the whole UFO phenomenon and paranormal in our world far more interesting, in my opinion. You know. We, we, we humans could also be making the same mistakes the two-dimensional entities in Flatland made. What happens when entities from a higher dimension push into our dimension? We can't see them accurately as, as what they really are. This opens up the idea, um, you know, the fourth dimension and even higher dimensions beyond that. And CERN wants to penetrate this mystery. Because if we can figure this stuff out, it could turn human civilization from what we are right now, like kind of a grubby, muddy, primitive civilization, very young, into a marvel far beyond anything we've ever come up with in our science fiction stories. We could become like gods and travel the universe and investigate its mysteries in such an adept manner, the current way we live would seem beyond primitive. How many other aliens in the universe and its billions of year history have thought the same thing and done the same science? How many? How many do you think? What do we look like to them? And this brings us back to the idea of stargates, portals, and doorways to other dimensions. Theoretically, you can alter these graviton vibrations. And in lowering or increasing the vibrations, open up accessibility to higher and lower dimensions. The eighth sphere is the lower part of the fourth dimension. And most researchers think this is where CERN is trying to kind of break into with their collider technology. The fourth dimension has been called many things by many people, but in a lot of ways, it's known as the chaos plane. Because there are so many timelines coming together, they're overlapping one another. And there is just as much going on. If you remember, in the first episode I made on CERN conspiracies, the lower fourth dimension could also be interpreted as hell in a lot of ways. Or the lower astral plane in more mystical, esoteric lore. Robert Swerdlow says that aliens are influencing the CERN experiments with the Large Hadron Collider to sync up some of these timelines in the fourth dimension, in which the Illuminati have already won. And they have total control over the entire world and privacy and owning things is gone. And any form of freedom, they're all gone. By syncing up with timelines where the Illuminati has already won, there is literally nothing anyone can do to stop, uh, to stop them over here in our current timeline. But Robert Swerdlow also says that these efforts have been compromised and sabotaged to which right now is going at, at a snail's pace when, according to their original plans for the current timeline, it should have been increased dramatically. 
so things are not going as planned. And this is because another alien species and their servants here on Earth are sabotaging them. They actually want to completely get rid of the Illuminati and Earth's entire political system and systems of control utilized by the 1%. However, Swerdlow makes sure to clarify that they are not good guys, quote-unquote. They're not here to help us out of benevolence. They have their own self-interests and their own agenda concerning our planet. To quote Robert Swerdlow, he says it would be like choosing between socialists and communists. Would you like to be completely ruled in tyranny by the Nazis, or would you like to be completely ruled in tyranny by the Soviet Union? Would you like a shit sandwich of tyranny, or would you like a shit soup of tyranny? Take your choice. <laughs> Robert Swerdlow does not believe benevolent aliens get involved in power plays with this at all. So, any of these aliens out there that are supposedly helping us, according to him, they're not what they seem. Benevolent aliens don't get involved and they want us to fix our own problems. And if we can show that we fix our own problems and can like progress on our own, then they can get involved. So his view is uh, compared to a lot of the like the alien UFO stuff or even starseed stuff, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there on this kind of topic. His view is unique to a lot of the woo-woo in that whole alien racism, whatnot, community and commentators. No FYI, take everything Robert Swerdlow says with a grain of salt. He seems to have some kind of like a messiah complex, and I don't trust anybody that has that. But this New World Agenda narrative for CERN isn't something that we're unfamiliar with, especially from the episodes we've already covered on CERN. If you want to know more about this particular New World Order agenda, we have a real world piece of evidence that's a, a valid reference to many people. Check out CERN's real-life tarot deck. I'm not joking. They actually hired artists to make a tarot deck for them. <laughs> so they got some... Like I said in the first episode, I hate how I've said that like three times now. But remember like the occultism type stuff that CERN has? Well, here's even more legitimate occult stuff that CERN made themselves. It's just blatant occultism right there in plain sight. There's actually a huge contest to find an artist to create this specific tarot deck by the head honchos of CERN. And why would a secular scientific organization want to hire an artist who won a competition to make a tarot deck for them? Well, I guess there's a lot more to CERN than what they present at face value isn't there. And the stuff on the tarot deck is pretty creepy um, NWO Illuminati stuff, if you catch my drift. Go by or check out the CERN tarot deck. It's pretty nuts. And I highly recommend that you do it just to see what I'm talking about. The Justice card talks about how we need a one world government and everyone should be brainwashed to be loyal to it. We owe it our allegiance. And bad stuff is only going to happen more until we surrender total control. The Five of Swords shows Google saying that we need 100% monitoring of the internet and control over basically all the stuff that people can search for, all to, um, to unite with the ideas of the one world government. So basically all these tarot cards are ridiculously dystopian. Anyone not convinced CERN isn't into occult stuff just hasn't done enough digging. And remember, like how I, uh, this occult stuff for spiritual warfare and contracts and whatnot that I'd already mentioned, it all has to be done in plain sight. 
And I'm sure they're laughing all the way to the bank about all the people that they trick into believing that CERN is just a secular science organization and doesn't dabble in esoteric stuff at all. Yeah, right. But essentially, from this point of view, the goal, I guess, is to elevate humanity to the fourth dimension in quite a literal sense. To elevate the Earth, our planet, to the fourth dimension and access all that stuff far more easily. And keep in mind that according to this lore, the lower fourth dimension is where lost souls and dark entities reside. Supposedly as well, where the benefactors and overlords of the Illuminati come from. In some circles, this is reptilians. But you really could insert a lot of ideas here depending on your point of view. Or the point of view of the topic you're coming at this with. The fourth dimension is like a mirror realm to the physical 3D dimension in a lot of ways. And it is a bridge to the much more stable fifth dimension. Turn is first and foremost trying to tap into the fourth dimension, according to this idea. Fourth dimensional control could also be useful to the controllers because it's here that humans tap into the fourth dimension naturally during sleep states. And by controlling dreams, one could actually be influenced and altered at a subconscious or unconscious level without the individual ever realizing it. Supposedly, this dream conditioning has happened to particular generations from particular nations or cultures or kingdoms or whatever for specific purposes concerning the lower fourth dimensional entities for a long time and um, influencing people to perform their agendas here on our Earth in our 3D reality. Connecting Earth to the Eighth Sphere would very much alter human consciousness, they say. Evelyn Barta has a lot to say on this topic in particular. Entities want to secure the Earth into a lower fourth dimensional vibration. Parasitic entities from the fourth dimension would then have a permanent meal in humans energetically, and we'd be stuck tied to a darker timeline. These entities need to feed on vibration, on lower consciousness, and on our lower vibrations or not necessarily ours, but just in general. By CERN creating breaches in these dimensions, they are very much creating portals or stargates to things that are pretty wild. There are different civilizations that are more centered in different dimensions, like ours currently obviously is centered in the third dimension as our main anchor in the myriad dimensional frequencies. And there are lower and higher of each dimension. So things pre... They get pretty confusing. For example, in the fifth dimension, allegedly, there is a union of opposites and duality fades away. And there are civilizations anchored in the fifth dimension, just like we're anchored in the third dimension. All forms of life come from energy exchange. In our dimension, that exchange is food. But in other dimensions, this exchange is drastically different. And in the dimensions and universe, there are organic portals, and there are inorganic portals. And the cosmos naturally moves through these cycles of ascension and descent. So according to this idea, we'd eventually be moving along these vibrational dimensions naturally anyway. CERN is just artificially increasing the progress. Evelyn Barda says that in our solar system, the planets all represent a dimensional level of consciousness. Some planets represent our past, like Mercury and Venus, while others represent our future, like Mars and Jupiter, etc. In our current third dimensional anchor, 
Earth represents our place in dimensional vibrational consciousness, which I found is a pretty interesting idea and only have found it in the past here and there in the more obscure esoteric type writings. But it's interesting. And these planetary spheres themselves are gateways to other parts of the cosmos on their mirrored energetic consciousness level. And this stuff happens naturally following the natural rhythm and principles of all dimensions and all the universe and all the multiverse and on and on and on. So CERN is, according to this, CERN is shoving us into Mars consciousness prematurely, I guess. Um, but it's the lower level, not the higher fourth dimension. Do you think that we have to go through the lower in order to get to the higher? Kind of seems that way, but I think according to her view, to this view, or, you know, this conspiratorial view of it, they're trying to put us into the fourth dimension is not out of like wanting good or benevolent. Maybe a lot of the people are tricked into thinking that, but at its core, it's more about trying to permanently put us in the lower fourth dimension. And by putting us in this lower fourth dimension vibration, they, um, it's about control, not progress. Fear is always and always has been and always will be the greatest tool for control. And in the lower fourth dimension, that vibration is overflowingly abundant. In order to access the higher dimensional levels, you have to mirror that vibration. So they are only creating lower vibrational portals that can only go low, essentially. Even if it is accessing higher dimension, it's still the lower level of those dimensions or that dimension and allegedly we have these portals naturally in us, like in our heart and our pineal gland, and we access them naturally in different ways, such as dreaming that I mentioned earlier. But the CERN method is all about artificial and much lower quality forms of these openings, much lower quality than if these portals were naturally or organically formed. They are skipping our natural organic initiations to these higher planes. But what these CERN portals will do is absolutely manipulate and mess with our consciousness and the consciousness of humanity collectively as a whole. Dark, right? Make sure you check out Evelyn Barter's work, it's pretty interesting. Do you like food? Do you not like going places? Do you like staying home and having food brought to you? Well. You're in luck, because a thing called Blue Apron exists. With multiple pricing, there's a way to get the gourmet delicious meals under any budget. And it's totally worth it. Cryptic Chronicles would not promote Blue Apron unless it knew how good it is for you. With all the junk and everything these days, the majority of people sustain themselves on poison and don't even know it. A healthy spirit, mind, and body requires a healthy lifestyle, and the ability to take care of yourself, and feed your body all the nutrients it needs to function at its best in our highly demanding lives. You get to choose your own meals. The chef-designed recipes include balanced Mediterranean delicacies, quick one-pan dinners, and top-rated customer favorites. Unpack your home-delivered box with enthusiasm because there's a guarantee on freshness and the highest quality of all Blue Apron products and ingredients. Create magic following our step-by-step -step instructions. You'll experience the magic of cooking recipes that the master Blue Apron chefs created with your family's tastes in mind. With step-by-step -step instructions, so you never miss a beat and have to get frustrated about making the meal. I know I do that. At least, when I'm not eating a delicious Blue Apron meal that is responsibly sourced, quality ingredients like fresh produce, 
Sustainable seafood and exclusive spice blends means you're going to have a meal that's top tier over the common fast food garbage most people eat. And Blue Apron cares about the environment, which is another reason I love them so much, with recyclable ice packs and packaging to ensure your ingredients stay fresh until you're home and ready and easily disposable for the health of Mother Earth. Do yourself a favor, and take care of your body and mind the way nature intended it, with a healthy meal that's also gloriously delicious. With Blue Apron, the yummy goodness is dropped off right to your very doorstep. So if you like food, and you like not going places, then why not try Blue Apron, and give your mind a rest from going to crowded grocery stores, and writing a list of stuff to get, only to forget half. Blue Arun's got you. there thanks for listening to cryptic chronicles the show is sponsored by blueberry and if you're interested in starting your own podcast use our link we'll even give your podcast a shout out go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the blueberry link on the homepage. by doing so you'll be helping the show blueberry is optimized for itunes as well as all podcast hubs you won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees in fact you won't have to leave your own website you'll have your own rss feed and no third-party sites Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. But most of all, thanks for listening. Hello, dear listener. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? A spiritual or esoteric experience? Have you ever seen a UFO or something that you could not explain? Have you ever witnessed anomalous activity that defies reality? Have you ever experienced unexplained mysteries of existence? If you have your own cryptic tale and would like to have it shared on the podcast, then call 1-800-757-6049 and leave a message of your experience. If it's what Cryptic Chronicles is all about, then it will be shared on the show. Just make sure you thought about what you will say ahead of time, and give a clear and concise account. Also make sure to leave your name, where you're from, or any information that will assist in making a clear picture to portray to listeners of Cryptic Chronicles. Once again, call 1-800-757-6049. That's 1-800-757-6049. We look forward to hearing from you. And now, finally, this brings me to the Mandela Effect. This whole syncing up of overlapping timelines in the fourth dimension has allegedly led to some bizarre influences over our current timeline, with the main one being the notorious Mandela Effect, which if you follow my Facebook page, I've covered before, but never really overly, I think other than in the Dead Internet Theory episode, 
But other than that, I've never really talked about it on the show, I don't think, too much. But as this theory goes, when the Large Hadron Collider was activated in 2012, allegedly, this is when the Mandela Effect began to occur. The 1% are the main supporters and funders of CERN, so it seems pretty trippy the ruling class could be trying to sync up to other timelines that are in their favor. But honestly, does that really sound that off? After all we've already talked about concerning CERN? Did they throw a stone in the pond of our space-time continuum that has rippled through all our lives? Or is there some kind of mass formation psychosis going on with the Mandela Effect? Some sort of mass delusion? In the past, I've talked about the book The Madness of Crowds and how real science shows our perception of reality can very much change depending on groupthink type behavior and the mind's ability to literally alter reality in this way. And when I'm referring to the older one, there's another one out that's more political um, and it's not the same thing. I'm talking about like the older version. Um, hold on, I gotta go look it up really quick. I forgot what it's called, the full name. Okay, so it's called Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. But that's just a part, a part of all kinds of other content or um, books, research, literature, covering basically the same thing. How there is a very real group psychosis that shapes the way that these groups see reality. In esoteric circles, they're called egregores. But it's also found in psychology, neuroscience, as well as the best uh, psychoanalyst ever, Carl Jung. It's a pretty fascinating topic to look into if you're down. Gets kind of dry, though. But um, CERN and other skeptics, both within the scientific community and without, they say that it's all just bunk and it's stupid people remembering things wrong. Or that it is indeed some kind of mass delusion. But all that stuff is boring, and who trusts those shills these days anyway? We all know the Mandela Effect is much more complicated than any skeptic will ever admit to. And whether it's paranormal or psychological, it doesn't matter, it's still there. I know there's some people who aren't really familiar with a lot of fringe lore who are new to this stuff, so I'm just gonna give it a quick overview, a brief introduction. Not everyone's veteran chroniclers of the weird like us, but the Mandela Effect got its name when Nelson Mandela died back in 2013. Nelson Mandela was the president of South Africa. However, when he died in 2013, this really tripped out a lot of people because they had memories of Mandela already dying. And so for them, it was actually him dying for the second time. And this phenomenon was so widespread and I guess went viral for back then. I don't think they used that word back then, but it was everywhere. It was named the Mandela Effect because it was also being noticed everywhere else in all kinds of other things throughout history and popular culture. So the Mandela Effect basically blew up across the internet, 4chan, Reddit, and all the social media hellscape. Social media wasn't nearly as bad back then as it is now, but it was still pretty bad. In any case, the Mandela Effect was here to stay. And it was created by CERN. To a lot of people, the backbone of our space-time continuum was shattered. And since the discovery of the God Particle by the Large Hadron Collider at CERN, people's memory of the past has become inconsistent. The idea is the Collider caused our timeline to start overlapping with other ones, changing the way the past actually occurred. 
as in our past was being rewritten by CERN. On purpose? Accidental? Since CERN itself has admitted that they are mostly ignorant about the possibilities of their own experiments, I'd lean towards the latter. But who knows? There is also the idea that there is just so much information and stuff going on in the world that our primitive brains have not really caught up to like um, caught up to deal with it all. Natural selection has not altered our brains to be able to handle the information age. It's maybe that our all our brains are fried because we can't handle all the crazy stuff in our modern times. Perhaps all the sensory overload has caused our brains to become inefficient in myriad ways, not just memory recall. Personally, I do kind of like this idea because I do think that people are overstimulated purposely, like they're purposely bombarded with the overstimulation, but I don't buy it in the context of the Mandela effect. Just that it is a true thing that, that uh, it's all around us. And in neuroscience, it has been proven that whenever we recall a memory, it actually is slightly altered. It has actually changed slightly, and all of our memories are naturally much less accurate than we think just based on how our brains work and how we archive memories. However, this also does not work as an explanation because there is just so much consistency with individual Mandela effects across mass groups of people. One of my favorite Mandela effects is the Black Tom explosions. And this one tripped me out. Did you know that the story that we've been told about why America entered World War I is not the same now as it used to be? I was taught and read that America joined the war because of the sinking of the Lusitania. Or at least I think that's its name. I don't want to go fact check again. Let's just go with the Lusitania. But it was an American ship that German U-boats sank, killing a lot of Americans, and then boom, U.S. joins the Great War. Well, did you know that this is incorrect? Did you know that Germany committed the first act of terrorism on American soil? And was responsible for the greatest enemy-caused explosion on American soil before 9-11? Well, they did. And this was the reason that America entered the war in this alleged new timeline. The island, Black Tom, was an ammunition-type facility that had a ton of explosive stuff on it. And it's right off the coast of New Jersey. But it was around heavily populated areas, is what I'm saying. It was a big deal. And the Germans were the ones responsible for coming and blowing it up. I had never heard of the Black Tom explosions until I began researching the Mandela effect way back in the day. And if you're a long-time listener, you know me. I like really like military history, tactics, strategy, campaigns. Like I'm a super nerd for all of that stuff. I could have had a podcast on that too easily. And I'm the type of guy that just really has always loved history and gone out of my way to study it. Like I, I do it for fun. It's entertainment to me, whereas other people would see it as boring. And I remember back in like 2006, I got it, I think. This uh, great war documentary DVD set that was like a freaking like 12 hours or something. I don't know. But I watched that over and over and over and over. I read books on military tactics of World War I and the history of empires in World War I. I've seen countless History Channel shows on World War I and other documentaries and done hours and hours and hours of my own research, both in books on World War I and just about anything you can think of, including just surfing the internet, studying random officers and situations that aren't really talked about. I'm a nerd like that when it comes to history, especially military history, but all history as well. 
I really like this kind of stuff and I'm, I'm a lifelong student. Like I never stop learning more. I never heard of the Black Tom explosions until not that long ago. But when I did discover the Black Tom explosions as a Mandela effect, this is the one that really caught my attention. Never heard of it. Biggest act of terrorism committed on American soil up until 9-11. Never heard of it. <laughs> Bizarre. I cannot reasonably see how that could have ever slipped past me. It doesn't make sense. So you can see the allure of many of these Mandela effects have on people that just make them question reality. And even if there isn't objective evidence, there is subjective evidence on why people believe the Mandela effect and why or how, I mean, that uh, CERN is responsible for behind these fractured timelines. It's subjective evidence that can only be justified or understood through the individual's, I guess, their own tunnel of consciousness. It doesn't matter how much people may try to debunk the Mandela effect. People are going to believe it no matter what, specifically just because there are situations like this. Another one that trips a lot of people out is the Statue of Liberty. Most people believe the Statue of Liberty being on Ellis Island, right? Like, isn't it always on Ellis Island in movies and TV shows and pulp content? Nope. It's located on Liberty Island. When this Mandela effect started to become more well-known, people started showing pictures of themselves that they claimed to have taken in front of the Statue of Liberty back when it was on Ellis Island. The odd thing is that these photos have been confirmed to be authentic. The odder thing still is... Behind these people, the spot where the Statue of Liberty was supposed to be is empty. The pictures look like they are posing in front of nothing for no reason. And some even have tourist-like stuff written on them, referencing posing in front of the Statue of Liberty. Or referencing the Statue of Liberty, I mean. Or the island. Whatever you get what I'm saying. But the statue itself is nowhere seen in the images. Allegedly, CERN's LHC caused this timeline anomaly. And the pictures seem pretty creepy, like something right out of the SCP universe. So, we used to be on the timeline where the Statue of Liberty was on Ellis Island. But now we're in the timeline where it's not, or at least overlapping with it. With space-time not fully synced up yet. Like, not fully caught up yet. Which explains why there are anomalies like these pictures. But there's more than one Mandela effect about the Statue of Liberty. Many people have memories of visiting the torch in the Statue of Liberty and even claim that they have pictures of them in the torch. Personally, I feel like I've seen this a lot in movies. But in truth, it turns out that no one in modern times has ever been in the torch. Well, there were people in the torch, but that was over 100 years ago that people were allowed up there. It turns out that nobody in modern times has ever been in the torch. It's just not a thing. It's been closed for over 100 years, so no one alive today has ever been in the torch. It was actually closed down for damages and never reopened. People can go to the crown of the Statue of Liberty, but anyone who says that they have gone to the torch, well, that's just not correct. At least in this alternate timeline, we currently reside in because of CERN. And there are many, 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 many more examples of the Mandela effect. I could go on and on. Some other good ones are like in the I Love Lucy show from the 60s. One of the main things people quote is, Lucy, you have some splaining to do. 
But guess what? This was never said. Ricky Ricardo never actually says that line. It exists only in our heads, apparently. Many people also remember Tiananmen Square happening differently during the protests against communist tyranny in China. In one of the most famous paintings of King Henry VIII, many people remember him holding a glove in his hand. However, in our new timeline, he's holding a piece of chicken like he's about to eat it. Did Curious George, the childhood icon, have a tail? Or did he not have a tail? Did the Monopoly guy have a monocle? Or did he not have a monocle? Did Pikachu from Pokemon have a stripe on his tail? Or was it blank? Did C-3PO from Star Wars have a silver leg? Or a golden one? Were there 12 apostles of Jesus? Or were there 13? These Mandela effects range from the mundane to the incredible. But the most intimately frightening aspect of the Mandela effect is when it occurs in your own family, your own life. And memories solidified as aspects that make you, you, not being shared with other members of your immediate family or circle, be it friends or family, doesn't matter. What happens when these memories don't sync up? Have you ever tried talking to a friend about an event that happened in the past that like had a huge influence on you, was like dramatic or, or traumatizing anything that used your imagination and they were present there? But then when you ask them about it or talk about it, start talking to them about it with them, they don't know what you're talking about. Or they say that it happened differently. Or, you know, they have no idea what you're talking about. These are the Mandela effects that really haunt people. And like I said earlier, neuroscience can actually explain some of these situations, but not all of them. The alleged effects of the Large Hadron Collider on our timeline is said to cascade all the way down, which includes our personal lives and our personal past, subjectively. Some people have seriously disturbing cognitive dissonance when their child's birthday is different, for example, and stuff like that. But as you can imagine, even darker Mandela effects have occurred concerning people's children. With CERN openly supporting the idea of a multiverse and their desire to open portals for them to harvest the resources concerning these conspiracy theories, I don't think that the Mandela effect being caused by CERN destroying our timeline stability back in 2012 is too out there. But the weird thing is how CERN words this stuff because it seems like they want to open doors to other timelines to harvest resources. <laughs> but I mean, those are their resources right? Isn't that a bad thing to take other people's resources? I like the idea that the ruling class is trying to become gods better, but this is still pretty interesting stuff. When CERN discovered the god particle back in 2012 with their collider technology, the sun shot the largest solar flare out in modern history. This solar flare missed Earth by, on a cosmic scale, <laughs> inches. It missed us by inches. If this solar flare hit Earth, it could have triggered the end of the world as we know it. Pretty much the complete destruction of all our electronics globally. Was the solar flare caused by the Large Hadron Collider? In quantum mechanics and physics in general, though gravity is established as a real thing, the mechanics of gravity itself is actually not too clear and pretty cryptic. Science does not know exactly how gravity works. 
and if it's messed with on subtle levels, how space-time itself could be influenced. The idea is that CERN did its thing in 2012. The Mandela effect is the outcome of cause and effect, itself becoming destabilized, and the function of probabilities in space-time becoming dysfunctional. This destabilization could have influenced the sunstorm that almost destroyed our civilization. And you bet your ass, in some timelines, that happened. According to how quantum mechanics stuff works, at least. The Mandela effect occurred because the gravitational bond that holds our probabilities of our realities together in our universe to become drifting and drift farther and farther away from each other from its original trajectory since the discovery of the God particle back in 2012, basically annihilating our original reality, making improbable events become much more common. And the whole human world in all its dirty glory becomes straight up weird. Everything went weird after 2012, and the Mandela effect is the outcome of all these unanchored realities smashing into one another through loosening quantum gravitational bonds. We are drifting away from the central strand of the multiverse in more ways than one, which could doom us to a metaphorical pruning. With unlikely probabilities increasing in probability thanks to the unstable nature of our timeline, is stuff just going to get even more weirder and weirder? According to this theory, Yes, and we can expect more and more of the most bizarre Mandela effects to pop up going forward as our probable realities keep colliding with one another. Could this hyperdimensional drift be the reason why our world has seemingly gone completely insane? That's all for today's episode. 
Thanks again, Mr. Wigglesworth, for requesting these episodes on CERN. Cryptic Chronicles is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and basically all podcast hubs. You look for us, and we're there. Though Cryptic Chronicles is free to listen to, the cost to produce it is substantial. Please consider supporting the show by sharing this episode on social media or with your friends or any other free thinkers that you know would enjoy it just as much as you did. Thank you. The more you support me, the more I can produce for you. And you really mean a lot to me. Consider pledging a dollar on Patreon so that you can get episodes months and months and months in advance before anybody else, as well as being uncensored and have no ads. And I do really mean months and months and months early bird special. My patrons keep the lights on. I also have Subscribestar, but my patrons are the real deal. MJ Calvo, Adrian, John, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Ashley, Brad Herbert, Lawrence Lee, Patricia Coles, Kayla, Matt Poland, DeYale Adams, Danny Van Heck, Carnage, Jesse Leach, Austin Monday, Michael Graham, Ed Hawks, Trusty Old Senpai, Lex Lazarus, Brian Nolan, Jared, Matthew Lawson, Jismic, Bleed Gray, Rosalinda Gonzalez, Jonathan Jackson, Brandon Wigglesworth, and Sphinx314. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. But most of all, thanks for listening. And as a wise man once said, a wise man once said nothing. <laughs>